Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with Nancy and Lisa. You know, the travelers on the Love Your Parks tour and publishers of Big Blend Magazine's you know, we are all excited about the Jefferson Highway. This is a very historic highway that goes from Winnipeg to New Orleans. It's from uh, the Pines to the Palms, or you can go in reverse from the Palms to the Pines. This is one of America's very first vacation routes, but it's different than just being in America and crossing America. It touches internationally by going into Canada. There is a huge revival going on. It's been going on for, what, 10, 15 years. And so every fourth Thursday, we air a show on the Jefferson Highway. Nancy and I have been doing a little bit of travel on the highway. Actually, a lot of it we didn't know about the highway. Now we do. And uh, next year, you're going to see us traveling the highway and see some special edition magazines from us on the highway. And uh, we're going to continue this show, of course. So every fourth Thursday, but today, of course, with Thanksgiving being the fourth Thursday, we're airing this a little early. So radio about that, biglenradio.com. And I encourage you to go to the website, jeffersonhighway.org. As always on our shows, we have the Jefferson Highway President, Roger Bell, on the show. Welcome back, Roger. How are you? Good. I'm great. It's great to be here again. Hey, oh. how is Oklahoma? How's Muskogee? Oh. I, I always want to sing when I hear that word, <laughs> name, I should say. We're good. We're going through the yo-yo effects of weather here. We're, uh, we've had a little snow this last week, uh, and uh, then it went away, and then we had a little dusting again, but it just kind of comes yo-yoing back and forth, but it's kind of the way it is where I am. We're kind of on the uh the dividing line i think a lot of uh here's uh, a lot of weather so just kind of common for us but getting ready for thanksgiving and uh it's uh we're good 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 how far are you from franklin kansas we're probably a couple of hours maybe i'm oh. guessing somewhere in that area uh, okay well so well, that means we have to meet up then like yeah, when we go to franklin you got to come bit. see us there when we go yeah, and two to three hours Probably not bad, close, not bad. Yeah, a little over two hours. Well, today we're excited. We're going to bring a special guest on the show, Phyllis Bittner. She's a trustee and co-chair of the Dragline Committee for the Miners Hall Museum Foundation in Franklin in Southeast Kansas. Now, I encourage you to go to the website of this museum. The history in this town city is amazing. Uh, go to minershallmuseum.com. Welcome to the show, Phyllis. How are you? Fine. Thank you for asking me. Hey, you know, thank you, Roger, for getting us all together. This, when Nancy and I went through some of your notes you sent us about the timeline of history, and I mean, it's incredible. And going on the website, um, the history seems a lot in regards to obviously mining, right? And then there's the history of immigration, there's the history of women, uh, the Native American history. You've got so much happening in your area. And of course, weather has affected your area too, uh, tornadoes, et cetera. And we're going to talk about that. But you are right on the high Jefferson Highway, right? Franklin is like, you don't have to detour. You, If you go through Franklin, you are on the highway. Absolutely. We are, yes, directly on the highway. So and we're, we're excited about that. We just had so many things already that have happened because of the uh, uh, the interest in the Jefferson Highway. So... 
what about the museum? How far is it off of the highway? Is it close to the highway itself? Uh, it is directly on the highway. I mean, you're I'm there. there. It's, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> you, you will see it. You cannot miss it if you're traveling the highway. It, the uh -oh. museum is right there. You have wow. to get off. You have to get off the, the four lane slab there a little bit, which is, um, but, uh, and go right into the heart of, you know, just like a lot of the original route, it, it went through the hearts of communities and uh, this is no different. So, but it's just right well, on the original still, route, right, right on the because original route. there's a bypass that goes around two communities. Arma and Franklin are two small uh, communities. And so the bypass, which isn't, the Jefferson Highway, you know, a lot of people would go on that bypass. But if you stay right. on the what's what's actually Highway 69. So if you stay on the business route, right, that is the Jefferson Highway. And mm. that's where we're located. Mm. So I was reading um, Arma and Franklin at one time. I'm not sure if this is still true. We're connected by this highway um, sidewalk. Franklin. Well, they, they still are. They still are. are. They? Oh, yes. that's cool. You can walk the sidewalk today. Right. It, uh, wow. It's uh, 1.7 miles long, and it was built, um, the story goes, uh, because they closed the school in Franklin. The, the communities are like many. You know, you don't know kind of where one ends and one begins. Uh, and uh, so the children had to go to school in Arma, and they were walking along the highway, and one little girl was, you know, uh, hit by a vehicle and, oh. and died. And so then that was the story of why they pushed to get that sidewalk built. So, but it is still there and wow. it's uh, 1.7 miles long. And so we did our best uh, and, and were successful. It's listed on the state and national historic register. So we cool. tell everyone to come and walk the walk oh, cool. uh, and they're walking a, a national historic site. And it's wow. the longest sidewalk. In the country, connecting two communities. Then okay, yeah, okay. connecting, yeah, because there's sidewalks within, say, New York City that are of course longer, but this connects two small communities. And uh, Phyllis, you have you have uh, school groups or kids walk that highway today? Oh, we have people that walk it. Yes, mm -hmm, right. That, that use mm -hmm. it every day. They use it daily. We, you know, we need to do some work on it, and uh, you know, we just have so many projects always in the work. Everything kind of gets. <laughs> prioritized but uh, that that's our goal is to absolutely restore it it's and we have uh, oh like we've had a work day and and it's literally it's it's amazing to be that old and it's uh, three foot wide we've got all the original specs on the highway and when when we uncovered when we were out there you know pulling back the dirt and the weeds it is still there a three foot wide sidewalk wow uh, so it's gonna be right exactly so it's going to be beautiful that's so cool you know? that's yeah. so cool this is this is exciting to me. I mean, we yeah. have a Facebook group called One Hour Walk, and we oh, we really? made it uh -huh. be, well because you know our Love Your Parkster started of national park units, and of course now we cover absolutely any park. I don't care if it's you know uh, not even like a quarter of an acre in a city if it's a pocket park because it's about you know beautifying America really, keeping our spaces mm -hmm. and um, not having to. We we need parking lots, but we also need to have the greenery in there too, and and respites and towns and. But the reason why is we started this is people thought that if you go to a national park, you have to be like a backpacker and be able to go off in the wilderness. And the thing is, there's these, the, they are boarded walkways, there's, uh, you know, ADA compliant um, areas 
in all parks, pretty much. And even a lot of state mm-hmm. parks, um, you know, they want to be accessible. And this sounds like a, an accessible kind of trail for people to do. And we want to encourage people to get out, not just for the fitness level, but also to be observant and to be able to walk in the footsteps of history. And I think this right. is one of those walks that I definitely want to do because mm-hmm. you can just imagine what it was like then, you know. And and so I love it that it's, you know, brings family community together and some just walking in history now the miners uh home museum let's talk a little bit about why that was started because this is really we talk about coal mining i think we always go to appalachia right it's, it's kind of like kentucky and you know virginia west virginia areas in right. our minds but like i was talking to nancy today she's like lisa it happened across the country this is all over mining has happened but is it predominantly coal mining um, in southeast Kansas that was happening? Yes, yes, we it, we were coal mining, and uh, practically all of the ground here is undermined. Uh, you know, if you're going to build something, you uh, do a lot of uh, groundwork, preliminary work, to know if it was a, a deep shaft mine or you know shallow mining, uh, because it just it was. Mining was everywhere. There were, mm-hmm. and, and I couldn't even tell you the number of coal mines that there were, but it's like massive. We have a big map within the museum that shows the areas. And uh, uh, yes, yeah, so it was coal mining, but we like to tell everyone that because you think, oh, who wants to go to a coal mining museum and see a bunch of coal mining tools? But we always tell everyone that really we are telling that immigrant story. We start mm-hmm. with the early immigrants of the families coming here and then how they got into the the coal mining, but then also how the family lived, like what was their social life, their uh, religion, uh, schools. So it's really an interesting story when you go through uh, and our museum is broken into segments like that. So you start out learning a little bit about the immigrants and those stories. And 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 when they got here, a lot of them, their families were begging them to please come back to whatever country they were from. We have letters saying, when are you coming back? And oh, wow. you know, they, they were so mm-hmm. hopeful that better life here in the United States, you know, that they they weren't going back. They were staying here. Wow. You know, and this this is, you know, interesting, too, because it ties in with agricultural communities. We were in uh, Central California and went to an agricultural history museum. And one room was dedicated to the immigrants that came to make that what it is today. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was amazing to me who came from. I mean, it, I mean, uh, like Hmong people, which they've lost their actual land. I mean, they, they don't have a country anymore. They don't have a place anymore. And which is is sad. However, they made their home there and they're a huge part of why Central California is the breadbasket of America, you know, so it's kind of this interesting thing how these things that really were huge in our lives to be a civilization, right, were immigrant stories. And I think we forget all the multiple uh, places that immigrants came from, you know, it right. was really uh, when I was in this area and in a conference in Pittsburgh, nearby Pittsburgh this year, you know, the stories that you learn, uh, these are just uh, amazing, the different countries they came from and how these, um, you know, they had to have interpreters at time to communicate to each other. And, uh, uh, it really is a blending of so many cultures and so many mm-hmm. uh, families in this area uh, that is 
uh, a great, fascinating story of America. Mm. Really, well, maybe, doesn't uh, it? I'm sorry, go ahead. That, uh, I was just going to say that we're all from immigrant stock in this country. That's right. Unless you're yeah. of the indigenous peoples, the, the right. Native Americans. And right. some some Native American tribes do come from Canada. So they, they knew the Jefferson Highway before it was a Jefferson Highway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cool. But, but this, right. this is something to bring up, right? The Jefferson Highway was actually came through, was was like formed at the same time as all this mining history, right, Phyllis? Am I right on the timeline here? The, I'm sorry, say that again, that what? The, the timeline of when the Jefferson Highway was created and came its through. Its time period would have came right during this, right during the, the, the heyday of mining activity. Yeah, right. 1923 is when it was dedicated. Uh, the, the Jefferson Highway was dedicated in 23. So totally dedicated, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was right in, exactly, like you said, the heyday of mining there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. so but, we, we really tell about all these immigrants, like I say, and we, we have quarterly, special quarterly exhibits at the museum. And each quarter we have a specific uh, topic. And the fourth quarter of every year, we tell uh, the story of one of the countries. So, for instance, our exhibit this quarter is about Belgium. Uh, we've done Slovenia. Wow. So, hmm. so for three months, we have a kind of an expansive exhibit about wow. that country and their traditions. And we hold a monthly program. And one of the programs might tell about their food and, and then uh, someone hosts it and they, they might make a pizza and an apple strudel and everyone gets to sample it. Or they oh, might good. even have a cooking mm, yeah. class of how to make it. <laughs> and then it'll tell about, oh, maybe their holiday traditions. or So those are very well attended. People love that because their their ancestry might be from that country, you know, and even if not, we have people coming there, they want to know more about, say, the Belgians right now, Belgians right now. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And we really want to tell everyone, you know, we all came from uh, that stock. Uh, yep. So it's an interesting and, story. And, and mm-hmm. the food part is really interesting when you have people working really hard and then you may not have the ingredients you had from the country you came from, but you want to keep those traditions going. So it changes up a little bit but people will work together to create that one dish. Like maybe somebody has this ingredient, you know what I mean? In history, you had to do what you had to do. It wasn't just like, Hey, we're just moving here, came on a fancy little, uh, you know, train or, you know, it, it wasn't easy for people to move when we go oh, back, no. you know, it's we're looking, you know, a hundred years ago, literally right, right now. And, and when we're standing about- some, okay. We're stunned at some of the items we have uh, that people, because, you uh, like you say when you travel now you know you have six suitcases and you know everyone has their own suitcase and you're full of things and these people came over with one trunk you know mm-hmm. and and then yet we we are fortunate to have an item perhaps it was a cookie iron that they carried over here with them that was so important to bake their french cookies or or whatever uh and they kept that item it was a very very important thing to their family you know they they didn't have a lot of whether it was photos or things hanging on the wall or mementos, uh, it's interesting to see what was important to them, what they kept. Wow. Hmm. Okay. This is okay. So then the Jefferson highway goes right through the town, but the museum is right there. Um, one thing I was reading is that you have this huge 
thing happening. <laughs> I don't even. I, I, <laughs> so, so no, because no, this is this is a big deal. And when I say it's a, it's it's a it's a big thing. It is a big thing. Tell everybody what the big thing is. <laughs> it's the big okay. thing. It is big in many ways, right? <laughs> it is big in the news, and then it is a big item. Uh, and fortunately, we we were just able to release this information. We've been working on this for eight years. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, a, a local family who uh, was a mining family, they actually, uh, so they were big mining companies like Western Coal Company, and they might've had 50 mines around the area. But then there were small families that actually had their own coal company. They, you know, they were entrepreneurs and, and they maybe only had three or four little mining areas or whatever. But the Wilkinson Coal Company was one of those families and they came from England and uh, they had their own coal company. And they had, they were down to one piece of equipment that the uh, descendants ha still had on their property. And they contacted us about, they'd like to donate it to us. Oh, so cool. we've been working for eight years to make that happen. And as you can imagine, uh, it has a 110 foot boom on it. Uh, wow. So so you can imagine it's large. It's, it would be like moving a, a, an engine off of a train or something. It's not like, oh, we'll just throw it on a trailer and move it. You know, it's a big project. So we were just awarded a, a huge grant and two foundations came along and offered matching funds. So we're going to be able to do that. And wow. uh, it's going to be about four blocks away from the museum, but you'll be able to even see it from the museum. The location is amazing and it will be directly on the Jefferson Highway. Cool. Uh, and it's going to be a free tourist attraction. There won't be uh, admission you know, or anything. People can pull in there. It's almost gonna be like a little roadside park is what we're going to create. So they'll be able to go there and read about it and, and learn a little bit more about it and uh, see about the history. So uh, we're really grateful to the Wilkinson family for donating that to us. And they will now have three pieces of equipment at three of the uh, museums in the area. They had already placed one at Big Brutus. Uh, which is not directly on the Jefferson Highway, but it's if you're traveling the Jefferson Highway, it's definitely worth the trip to go off the highway to see it. I, I'm not sure. It might be 10 miles off of the highway. And then Crawford County Historical Museum also has a steam shovel from the Wilkinsons. And now we'll complete that by moving the drag line to Franklin. Wow, this is amazing. And wow. let's just go the drag line. I, you, you put this in the notes here. Listen, you know, Phyllis sent us a book. It's, it's there's so much history here. I'm just, I'm just teasing you, Phyllis. But I was like, wow, this is so much. It's so cool. Um, you, the, I love this piece of history because, again, look at these corridors, right? These historic corridors we have in this country, and of course, the Jefferson Highway. So the drag line was actually purchased in 1953 from Alexandria, Louisiana. Think about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yes. And so Alexandria, Louisiana is on the Jefferson Highway, uh, close to Natchitoches, by the way. Thank you for sponsoring the show, Natchitoches Convention and Visitor Bureau. Uh, but, you know, it, I think that's amazing. Don't you think so, Roger? That Look at these ties that happen, you know? Yes. Oh, 
we went away oh. here. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're here. We're back. Okay. okay. But I think these ties are part of the reason why they have museums and have people travel the highway because they could go to Alexandria and go, okay, this came from here. You know. Yeah, it's uh, Whether, it's amazing. Which way they traveled, you know. It's Roger, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me? <laughs> Yeah, you, can we hear you? Where yeah, you I guess now? it's just amazing how sometimes these uh, the different connections on the highway. Um, mm. uh, you know, I think there's, but I think there's reasons for that at times because uh, the road itself was a connection, so uh, it just kind of uh, makes sense. But there is a lot of connections and communities on the highway. Yeah, I just wouldn't have thought it. You know, coming from Louisiana you know, on that part of it. But I also want to connect it. It's interesting because it went to Weir, Kansas. And um, Weir, Weir, there's like a Weir National Historic Site in Connecticut because of James uh, Weir, the artist. So I want to see, I want to dig into the history because it ties back to England. And we have a whole show dedicated on connecting England with America and, the, you know, English immigrants, right? And so the Wilkinsons were English. So that's another tie in the immigration story. So I want to dig into that too. So right. there's a we, lot we going always, on. We Go joke ahead. with people when we're like, don't ever say anything about someone. <laughs> because yeah, we there are so many ties that we, that are stunning to us. You know, we'll be talking to someone and and then we're like, oh my goodness, you know, we're like, be careful what you say because you might be their cousin or you might I know exactly. say be related. I know it's true. That's so true. I mean, right. sometimes you find out more about your family than you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Another good yeah. reason for museums, right? So, Phyllis, I want to go back to the this Franklin itself, um, okay. creating the museum, how that began, because it seems that also the, you know, the, the town, the community went through a tornado that was devastating. And right this is kind of part of a rebirth of Franklin, the museum yes. and getting the history there. And it's amazing. You have this, uh, these, you know, the photos, the the stories and been able to save all that, you know, and I think that's, again, when you think about museums, disasters are happening across the country, you know, whether it's hurricanes, tornadoes, wildfires, um, and, and sadly, but whatever right. we can do to preserve and not wait to go and experience it, the better. Well, we, we think and hope we can be an inspiration to other communities that have gone through the same thing, because uh, back in the 20s, the, uh, Franklin was booming. I mean, it had a downtown like you would think of a, you know, a major city. We had everything, theaters, dance halls, restaurants, just everything. And uh, then it, as the coal mining uh, dwindled, then mm. the community dwindled and became smaller and smaller. And I, I lived there, went to school there. And, uh, you know, the first the high school closed, then the grade school closed, you know, and just that, that natural progression of what happens. And so in 2003, uh, it was down to it was like 217 families. It was a lovely little community to live in. You know, everyone, uh, the post office was like the the central part of the community. Uh, I can remember when someone would pass away, you would go to the post office because there would be the little notebook there. You would make your donation for flowers or you would say, I'm gonna take food to the family. People would sign that book and leave their name. It was like the hub mm -hmm. of the community, even though it was a small 
community. And then in 2003, tornado came right through the center of the town and just wiped everything literally off of the earth. It was just gone. And uh, it was amazing. The people we, we always said our neighbors go far beyond the, just the edges of Franklin because people came from everywhere. I mean, throughout the state, they, they traveled, they came in and, and helped with cleanup, uh, Unfortunately, we lost one of our longtime residents. Uh, Josephine Mack passed away in the tornado. And mm. uh, but so we started, you know, we were like, well, now what do we do? You know, and so a group of us that were, you know, had grown up and were raised in Franklin. We didn't want to see it stay like this. So we formed a nonprofit. Uh, we had a local attorney that came to us and he said, how can I help? And uh, he's still helping today. So he has provided his services to us for pro bono all of these years. He's like amazing. And he's kind of taken us under his wing and he guides us through everything. But we rebuilt the community. And one of the things was we knew how important the old community hall was. And uh, so FEMA and USDA Rural Development, they helped and we built uh, a community center is what it was called. And, And we had a lot of events and we had dances and dinners and things. And, you know, then as time moved on, things were slowing down a little bit. So we were trying, we want to keep it going. So I contacted a few people that had shown an interest in a mining museum somewhere in Southeast Kansas. And we were just able to get that off the ground. Uh, Everyone was interested. And so we've turned the community center into uh, the museum Although we still have community events and like we have the uh, the quarterly exhibits and programs and we just had a huge event last night. Um, and our our next plan, we just we keep getting we're like things get put on the back burner, but our goal is to add on to the building We are, and we will actually turn the museum back into more of a community center and we will add on, which will become the new museum. We just, we've had so much interest and support. We have so many artifacts that we can't even display and tell those stories. So uh, that's, if we, once we get the big drag line moved, (laughs) our next project is to add on to the building. So I I see this big wide load on the highway, the Jefferson Highway, the wide load. Everybody stand back. The the drag line's coming. The drag line's coming. But we have people from Connecticut and Virginia who are there like, you have to let us know when you're moving. I mean, I can't. I think our hotels will all be full the week of the move because we have already had Hmm. people contact us and said, you know, and, and the drag line is one of a kind there were only 18 of this particular model made and it is the only one uh feasible to restore there's one out in a field that's really a parts machine but so this will be the only one in the country and and there's been big equipment people and uh, organizations from all over the country that they've been for eight years you know they've been after us you have to save it it's probably not possible but you have to do all you can so so they are all excited they want to come and watch the move so uh like i say i think our hotels will be full when we do so we tell everyone follow us on facebook the miners hall museum on facebook because then you you'll know when when the move is going to happen and we're kind of posting updates of what we're doing phyllis it looked like uh, there was some activity already when I can tell. 
some uh, pre-work on it or something? Right, right. We, we've started that. We had the engineers were in last week and uh, they had to come and drill and do core samples, um, you know, to make sure of the stability of the ground uh, because it was undermined. Everything's undermined. I mean, you do, <laughs> you just about know there's a mine somewhere and it might be 20 feet down and it might be way down. And at that location, the mines were, uh, I believe it was 170 to 190 feet deep. So uh, mm. it won't, uh, you know, the integrity of that site will be okay. Uh, but they, we had to get the engineers in to determine, you know, how much the base of what to put for a base and all that kind of thing. So, right. They, we've already started that. And I posted some pictures of that. So it's kind of fun. Like I say, Facebook's the best place to follow along. I try to post updates as we're, moving the project along and we hope to move it soon uh we don't have a date i'm meeting with the movers next week and uh he couldn't possibly <laughs> move it before january which I is just, good. i just i just got the giggles when you say you're meeting with the movers and i'm like no it's not a oh, u-haul yeah. truck this ain't no u-haul <laughs> truck <laughs> yeah really? right exactly it's not it's not united van lines or that kind of a movie no, right <laughs> That's it. I, Nancy, I think we need to be there. You know, we, we got to be in, I want to be in the in parade. I want to go parade. I know yeah. we do. We, well, we're going to, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's um, going to this, be a slow parade, believe me. <laughs> <You know. laughs> and wide. This is the, it's going to be one of those double wide. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to be the wide load on the freeway. I know, but this is, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm just, I think this is such incredible history and it's amazing how the community, what you guys have done coming together and, you know, we've been through natural disasters ourselves, and there's something, I mean, it's devastating while it's happening. It's devastating actually worse after, right? You go through something right. like that, and we've yes. done it on the wildfire side and other yeah. things. And But it's amazing how communities do come together, and there's a resiliency. And I think it's, it's not a, it, it, there's obviously sad things like COVID, people passing. So, mm. I, you know, I'm not going there. I'm going you've got to hold on to hope and resiliency and create something better and go, okay, well, this is a big mess. Now, what can we do to make it a huge positive? You've got to make, you know, lemonade out of lemons, right? And exactly. I hate saying that same cliche, but it's really true. And that mm -hmm. seems like that's what you guys have done and um, that right. it's in a beautiful area. And so do you, do you have, when people come to Franklin, are there hotels, restaurants? What, what's it like to come visit? Okay, no. No, Franklin, we are still, we're considered a village. We don't, our governing body, we don't have a mayor and a city council. Our governing well, sometimes body. Sometimes that's easier. Yeah. <laughs> right. So our <laughs> governing body is actually our county commission. So uh, we go to the county, you know, if we, if we need something uh, along the lines of, you know, whatever it is. Um, so uh, that's why we did the nonprofit. We formed the nonprofit so we can accept donations. We can, you know, keep track of all of those things. We can apply for grants to get things accomplished. And we've had to go, for instance, the sidewalk actually belongs to the state. You know, it's on, oh. you see, it's a mm -hmm. state highway and that, but we have gotten permission. You know, we had to go through that process of getting um uh, permission from the state to do this and now permission to we want to restore it. and that of course they're thrilled that we're we're doing all the work you know mm -hmm. and they're like wow that's wonderful you know so uh one thing i just as you were talking about that i i'm totally out of line here what you're talking about but when you were talking about this rebuilding one of the things when we after the tornado and you know you're you're stunned and you're i mean for weeks and months you're trying to 
get your bearings and what are we going to do is the silence in the community. So there was a community center there, which, and the post office was the two buildings, like I say, where, the, where things happened. But, and this, we finally realized the silence was, there were no animals. There was no, there were no birds chirping. Oh, wow. There were no crickets. There was nothing. It was just wow. like, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're and really that right. was, yeah. that was the stunning thing to us. So at the, where the community uh, center used to be, we called it the community hall back, back in the day. So where it was, it wasn't large enough. We knew we wanted to put a larger building. And uh, so we went about, oh, a half a block away and were able to purchase some property, which is the site of the Amazon Army March. But at the site of the old community center, we decided to put a community park. So we literally built a park mm. And we have a walking path, talking with your walking. So you're walking along the Jefferson Highway. You can do that. But then within our park, which is beautiful, we planted trees and shrubs and flowers. Cool. And, and you walk six laps equal one mile. So, and honestly, you can go by there at six in the morning and there's someone walking. You can go by at eight o'clock at night. People love, and not just Franklin people. We we see people from everywhere that come in because it's mm. a beautiful, you're walking along, the birds are singing, the, cool. you know, the trees, the flowers are in bloom, and it's a beautiful park. We have a shelter and a barbecue pit. We have bochi courts and horseshoe pits and basketball wow. and playground equipment, exercise equipment. I mean, just everything. We had In the very front of the park, that's where the sidewalk is. Yes. And then they have a, they have some historic type markers up there that have been there. And on those uh, talks about the Jefferson Highway. That's cool. Well, yes. Okay. So now this has to go on our park list, obviously. Since that's <laughs> yeah. what we do. But yeah. this, but this also, you know, I, I wanted to touch on, you know, that in your area that you have, um, you've got obviously the, the museum, but then there's the Franklin Arma National Historic Site. You were talking about there's a Veterans Memorial and Immigrant Park. The Stillwell Hotel, which I want to know about too, but then you mentioned that's, the Jefferson High. That's in High Pittsburgh. That's right. in Pittsburgh. Okay, so it's all mm -hmm. kind of, close, but you're mm -hmm. close, right? Pittsburgh's not that right. far. It's, right? Pittsburgh is our is our hub. Uh, that's you know, I mean, there's the small communities. Some of them have restaurants, and and like Arma, they have every service. They have gas stations, and uh, you know, a hardware store, drugs. They have everything you would need in the in the little town. But the hotels are in Pittsburgh. We're like six miles. North oh, okay. of Pittsburgh. It's all close. So everyone we probably went coming. through your town. I think we mm -hmm. did. I right. think we did that when we were going from Arkansas through I don't we maybe after yeah, it was after the donkey, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we we did. We did. We went through because we've tried as soon as we any time uh place that we can go through we will even just to have a look as we're driving if we're on a time crunch. Which well, you, this little time. area has it's such a there's so much culture here. Um, the mm. people here are great. Uh, great. I don't know. Uh, there's just seem like everywhere you go in this community, these communities down here. I don't know if it's just what it is, but everybody you meet and talk with here uh, seems very, very positive, and they're just friendly. Uh, but the, the the route, the road here is really good. I mean, not very far from there, you can go across some. Beautiful historic bridges to the highway. Which are, um, you can, uh, in our bus tour, we took uh, during our conference in Pittsburgh, 
we got to go up this route through Frontenac and and up in this area, and, and you just see you see all of uh, uh, you can really get a really good taste of what uh, the highway was through here in this area. And uh, we had a special special event that they recreated for us uh, during our bus tour. And uh, Phyllis, you might kind of fill them in on that uh, a little bit because that was a fun event. We know. Okay. Well, you know, as we said in 1923, so it was 99 years ago, uh, the highway was christened. Uh, and I, they actually did that in Franklin at, a, you know, a big intersection there, which that intersection is where the drag line is going. So, you know, we're all about, oh, my, talk about coincidences. You know, how did all this happen? And and I just happened onto this newspaper article about it. And then the conference is coming to Pittsburgh. I mean, everything is like it's meant to be. It all mm-hmm. just fell into place. So we decided to recreate that christening. And they they had like... The, there were three young women and one had a bottle of uh, wine or no, let's see, one had a bottle of milk, one had a bottle of water. And well, gosh, I can't remember the third bottle. Well, if I was there, I'd be the one with the wine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we recreated that. We got three young women and uh, we did this for the conference. So 99 years after that highway was christened and we had built a new sign, Welcome to Franklin on that site after the tornado. So they broke the bottles on that welcome to Franklin sign. And, and we had a, you know, the county commissioner came to speak and, and, you know, it was just kind of a fun event and, and remembering. And, and at that time, then of course we went into Pittsburgh because, uh, uh, well, Roger can tell you more about that, but they had some new signs that were being placed markers, historic markers about the Jefferson highway. So it was really a great tie into the whole thing, but to, to recreate that christening of the sidewalk or the highway from 99 years ago was just, just an amazing coincidence. Well, well, this is amazing too. So next year, 2023, so April 27th, well, no, that was the international conference, right? But in, in 2023, it was actually the, you know, that was the date, was it? January, right, 20, January, 15th. Yeah, 15. Yeah, January 15th. So are you, listen, I, I wish we could be there on January 15th, but yeah. I mean, that's a hundred years. Are you guys going to do something cool? I mean, can we have a party? I, I mean, let's have a Zoom party. Let's do something. It's, well, I mean, that's a hundred years of history on the highway. You know, the, 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 routing, the routing in this area is just like anywhere else. It, it changed over time. So some of the early, early routing went through um, Girard and kind of around, but uh, this is, there was, this was a really neat event. We came across it about, must have been about the same time Phil was coming across it. We were doing, I don't know how that worked, but we were kind of working on on uh, looking at things. Also, we saw all these really neat articles of this event. And uh, we have, I have a, uh, one of our board members in Oklahoma, um, her daughter, got to be the daughter of the Jefferson highway. She was the young lady that uh, got to do that. So uh, I've been calling her ever since that the daughter, uh, whenever I see this young lady, she's, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 years old or so. I said, I keep calling her the daughter of the Jefferson highway now. So <laughs> officially <laughs> named her now. <laughs> but, this, but this is, are you going to do anything, Phyllis, for the 15th of 19, uh, as I say, 2023? I want to well, do something special. Let's do something special. We'll do something. 
Well, we I'll left have him with a drag line on that day, but I don't think we, I don't think we can get there. But the the movers of the drag line, like I said, I'm meeting with them next week. And when we originally uh, realized that we were going to have the funding and be able to do it, he said, "Well, we can't possibly move it till January because they were booked with already big move, other big moves." So. Uh, wouldn't that be awesome to move the drag line on January the 15th? <laughs> I think that would be epic. I mean, that's I'm, a I'm doubtful. I'm doubtful we can make that happen, though. That's just a, a little bit of a push. But but anyway, so that's beyond that, we haven't really planned. Anything. Well, even if it's not on the exact date, it will be within the 100 Same year month. period. So. Yeah, right, exactly. 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 I think it it's be. a whole year of celebrations, man. That's that, oh, right. that's right. That's it. Well, we're yeah, that's. Right. We're coming to see you next year for sure. I mean, we have to be like a century, you know. There should be a song. I did it on the drag line. Yeah, there, I, there are drag line songs. There are drag line songs. Don't like be. that's a whole other show. I know. Right. Like well, we intend a whole... drone video, and you know, uh, we'll have all kinds Ooh. of videos of the move and everything because cool. this is this will be a big deal. <laughs> well, at least in at least in Nancy, you know, when you uh, being involved in managing and trying to keep a small museum uh, together myself mm -hmm. i know i know what difficulties they are <laughs> and you know trying to get a group of people all working together is uh, That's hard. uh <laughs> yeah. and, and we're moving in the same direction is not always easy Nope. <laughs> uh, and, and when you go into some of these communities and I see them and I go into museums across the country when I travel and, and you can see differences. But this 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 group is just one of these people that this group is just one of the people you see their unity, you see what they want to do, you see um, how together they are and uh, you see how prideful they are in this community. And you know, uh, uh, you people go there, drive by their day. They have no, they have no knowledge of the of the tornado. I mean, it's mm. they they obviously uh, uh, they probably wonder a little bit where are, where are all the buildings that will dance there. But um, all in all, today they just see a, a unified. When they stop in this museum, they greet it. They just immediately see all these wonderful pictures and exhibits that they have here. And, and they, they also have so many wonderful programs and, uh, and, uh, it has, you're in the midst of so much history and, uh, um, you know, including the, the famous, uh, Amazon, uh, army March, which is being national, being national Ooh. attention. You want to talk about the Amazon army? Um, because this is an incredible story that, um, before we started recording, Phyllis, Nancy and I are talking and now I'm like down a rabbit hole and I feel like we have to do like a women's history thing just on mm -hmm. mining um, show. So watch for, for that sure. in March, everyone, because it's, it, it's, you know, we always think about the miners, but the women and the sisters, you know, did so much. Um, but I, before we get to the Amazon army, Phyllis, so the tornado happened in 2003, May 2003. So now like next year, 2023, this is a 20 year, hmm. you know, you've got to think the right. Jefferson highway is a hundred next year is two, 20 years of what you've done in recovery and rebirth. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, I think it's an epic year 
for Franklin next year. We're coming. We're I, yeah. I, I we have to I if listen, if there's a party, we're coming. Listen, oh. I'll bring I'll bring the birthday cake, whatever, you know, but and the wine. But but honestly, um I think it's this is such a story of resiliency and and something that you know when we like I said you know earlier on the show, so many places are going through so much that um it's a story to give hope of what you can do if something happens. And um, that, you know, when you wake up that next morning, you say about that silence, Nancy mm-hmm. and I know, yeah, um, having been through that. And, and you know, mm-hmm. I remember we hiked through our favorite forest and, and within hours it was gone. Gone. And um, we were evacuated and came back and, you know, I just, and anyway, that's a whole other story, but that silence and then having gone mm-hmm. through a wildfire and you're freezing cold, do you put wood on the on the wood burner because you have no electricity for heat, right? Because everything's burned down around you. Do you put wood in the wood burning? Fire I know place? we were like, do you know, there's all these little not. things that happen in these emergencies. Mm-hmm. But the the it the aftermath tells stories of people mm-hmm. working together, and I think that's what I, I think is so important. In museums, when you talk about immigrant history and everyone, how do you you cannot create a successful mind without people working together. And I think that leads to the story of the Amazon army. So I know we're going to do a future show on this, Phyllis, but can you give everyone just an overview of what happened? These okay. women said, hell no, <laughs> you're not doing that to our men. <laughs> right. Uh, so it was in 1921 and uh, people can go online. There's an Amazon army uh, com and mm-hmm. read more about it. And one of our trustees she has been deeply involved in this and her ancestors marched in the march, but she has done all the research and she's created, uh, she's done plays. Uh, it's just, just amazing what she has done. Uh, but thousands of women, uh, their reports are anywhere from three to 6,000. So, and some of the photos we have, mm-hmm. you can see it's just a mass of women and children marching and they have American flags. They're walking down these old dirt roads uh, and they were marching on the mines. And Mm. uh, the the march actually started on the site where our museum is, was a union hall back in the early days. So it it actually, that is the historic site and the march began there. And Mm. uh, they were so successful. Uh, oh, they called in the National Guard. It, w- it was a big deal. Uh, but the story was carried nationwide. And mm-hmm. the uh, New York Times christened them the Amazon Army. You know, before then, it was just a bunch of women or whatever. But they called. And so <laughs> that name stuck with them. So they became the Amazon Army March. And they were all immigrants, or I say all, you know, from Southeast Europe. And... Uh, one woman who kind of was the uh, the leader of the group, she spoke it was either five or six foreign languages. So you can imagine back then. I mean, what a what a wonderful wow. woman to be able to have that education to be able to do that. And she organized all these women, and they beat on like wash tubs. Uh, they had <laughs> red. They would throw red pepper in the eyes. I mean, they were like like nonviolent. Oh, wow. They weren't with guns and knives and anything like that. But uh, if you read some of the stories, they're just almost funny. You know, they were talking about these dangerous women, you know, (laughs) and, and, you know, they weren't armed or anything. And many of them were jailed. They were taken to jail. And um, Mm. it's an amazing story. So you really, like I say, Linda Canole is our trustee who 
can tell you every detail of it. And she has some amazing stories about it. So uh, we're pretty proud of those women. And most of us descend from them. You know, we have, oh, you know, everyone will remember, oh, I was my, I was a baby. My mom carried me in that Mars or, you know, wow. uh, so, right. There's a lot of amazing yeah. stories out there. Wow. And everyone, again, the website for that is amazonarmy.com. And when you go on there, you'll see that this actually happened December 15th, uh, which, you know, d when you think about December 15th, you know, that is, I, yes. I, you got to think that's cold. I, I mean, come on, Kansas is not that warm in December. I'm just right. saying they marched <laughs> at that. I mean, December 15th, 1921. I mean, these women did that at that time. And um, it's, um, it, it's, it's just incredible, incredible history, you know, when you think about going for it. So, um, yeah, go go check out that website and minershallmuseum.com uh, as well. But before we go, um, I, I and we are going to play the song Sisters of the Coal Mines, uh, by the way. And this is by James Byfield. And I was quickly messaging him like, dude, did you write this? And he goes, no, it was inspired by a documentary song PBS and then the great document Harlan County, USA, about women behind minor strikes. So well, there always, you go. once in a while he writes it, um, you know, from the women's side. And uh, th it's from his album, Backwards Glance. And I encourage you to go to his website, blindlemon-pledge.com. James Byfield, is, who puts this all together, is his, he's been on our show for years. But when I heard this song, I was just like, this is amazing because it so talks about women uh, standing up and protesting uh, for their men, whether it's brothers, nephews, you know, husbands, boyfriends, um, getting out there. So I think, you know, so obviously this march really changed the face of, you know, it's it's kind of like one of the early feminist movements too, in a way, women coming together, you know, mm -hmm. to make change. So very right. interesting. Uh Let's go to you, Roger, on uh, 2023, thinking, you know, let's look at all these milestones. You have another conference, which is exciting for the Jefferson Highway Association. Again, everyone can go to jeffersonhighway.org and join their Facebook group, follow their Facebook page, but their group is fascinating. I can't keep up with all these amazing posts of all these places. Like, it's it's so cool uh, being part of that discussion group, Roger. But uh, it seems like everyone's coming together in, in Iowa this year, right? Yeah, we're very excited. This has uh, been a kind of a long time coming for Iowa. We, we were uh, originally anticipating uh, this conference to be in 2020, and we all know what happened for that. Um, so we put this back uh, a few years, and this group is, that is uh, our conference planning committee has been working on this for much longer than they expected, but uh, it is, they're still a wonderful group and they have probably one of the best conferences um, um, planned. I mean, I, I really uh, very excited. Uh, our host uh, hotel uh, is uh, going to be one of our, one of the great ones is going to be the Park Inn, which is the, last remaining uh, Frank Lloyd Wright designed hotel in the, in the country, in the world. Cool. And uh, it is a, a masterpiece. It was restored about uh, 10 to 15 years ago. And it, uh, it is a story in itself how a community said, we're not going to lose this. We're going to get together, form a foundation, and save this place. Awesome. Uh, and uh, I think mm -hmm. it has 27 rooms. 
and we're going to fill the whole thing up. Uh, there's no doubt. I can already tell you but <laughs> what's happening now. It will be the first time we've ever had a conference where the whole hotel will be nothing but Jefferson Highway folks. Uh, and uh, we're, we're having to have an alternate hotel now because of demand. Um, we have people already set to come from across the country. Uh, we have a wonderful bus tour going to go into Minnesota uh, northward because uh, Mason City is very close to the Minnesota border. And we'll be going up into communities like Albert Lee and Owatonna, Minnesota. Uh, we have uh, some wonderful speakers uh, coming, some surprises. And the community there is embracing us. The uh, we have just uh, formed, um, it's very early stages, but we're going to do something we've never done in any conference uh, before this. And uh, we hope to continue this effort after this. But the plan at this point in time is we're going to do our first sociability caravan to the highway. We're going to drive uh, with our some of our conference attendees, any friends of the highway, along the Jefferson Highway route, which is marked in Iowa. Uh, we're going to start uh, at the southern border in Lamoni, Iowa, and we're going to drive all the way to the conference over a few days, uh, greeting people and uh, uh, promoting the Jefferson Highway, similar to what they did uh, 100 years ago with sociability runs. So uh, we think that'll be a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, will be our first attempt to do it, uh, even if it's just a few of us or if it's a, a large group, uh, it's going to be a, a special event. We're going to kick that off just probably the Monday uh, of that conference, which is from which is from our conference in Mason City starts on June 7th, and we'll probably start this on uh, June 4th or 5th. This is awesome. Everyone, mm -hmm. uh, jeffersonhighway.org. Man, so you're going to have like a Jefferson Highway Parade. I, I can we'll, see this. We'll be, we'll be working with communities there. You know, if a community along this route in Iowa hears this and they want to participate with a program or welcoming, or we can put on a presentation for the community if it works out. Uh, we, If you want to, we, we touched a little bit uh our friends in uh, at the Miners Museum of Frank 101 that we have one of our first Jefferson Highway historic markers through our program that you can get information on our website about. It's growing a lot, but we hope to uh, have some ribbon cuttings or some uh, programs along the route where we'll uh, initiate these signs along the route in Iowa as we go by. Uh, you know, we're, cool. uh, we uh, expect to have... Uh, several real fun things and we're going to touch on a lot of the things on the highway we'll, we'll be tourists somewhat we'll be looking at things on the highway we'll be getting you know some of the experts will be with us on this route so we're going to talk, talk be able to talk about things we see but we're also going to touch communities as much as we can and and uh, hope to get on some news media and that type of stuff very cool very cool mm -hmm. i can see one day you know, they have the recreation of the Pony Express Trail where people mm -hmm. do this ride every year. They ride like almost like relay style, but they ride the entire trail. So, so cool. And we have also, uh, we have also, I'm not going to announce the community tonight, but we have already, the board this week selected our 2024 conference site. So that is, uh, uh, that community has already been uh, 
uh, told and awarded the 24 conference. So uh, oh, maybe in our, ne- on, maybe Roger, in our next us. broadcast, come on, uh, come on, tell us. <laughs> uh, we'll come be able on. to kick that off. Come on, Roger. Part of our do I have to say come on. What can I do? Come on. I'll send you cake. What do you like? <laughs> send you a meat pie from Natchitoches. <laughs> yeah, getting well, close. <laughs> I know. Everybody, well, stay tuned for our next, uh, you know, Jefferson Highway show. Again, uh, typically, every fourth Thursday is our Jefferson Highway Association uh, radio show here on Big Blend mm-hmm. Radio. But, um, of course, you know, Thanksgiving you all should be eating turkey and having family time. So <laughs> we're going to be doing this early. Uh, and once it airs, you can listen Ooh. anytime on demand. And uh, stay tuned on nationalparktraveling.com. We're working on a Jefferson Highway travel guide. Uh, we're going to be putting the places we've been to, uh, a lot of our writers have been to, and uh, also developing a guide so you can see where, where to stay, where to play, um, not just places we've been to, but uh, others as well. So stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you so much, Phyllis, for joining us on the show today. It's been a real, real pleasure having you on and sharing such amazing history. We can't wait to meet you because we will come see you next year. We're coming. Thank you. We'd love to have you. I'm always happy to talk about Franklin and the things that we do in Southeast Kansas. So uh, we welcome you and, and any of your listeners to come anytime. And everybody watch out for that big drag line. I mean, this is like, this is yeah, the big, I, you know. <laughs> you know what yeah. the drag line load. is, what my mind thought it was, is two different things. You know, what, <laughs> I, what I wonder about is somebody driving into that area during that time has no idea what's going on and all of a sudden sees this coming down the highway. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Right. I know. Like a it's, dinosaur. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now, this, I know, Nancy, where you're going. No, RuPaul is not involved in this. Okay? I know. You know <laughs> so listen, uh, minershallmuseum.com is the website to keep up with. They're also on Facebook and active there. Jeffersonhighway.org and Jefferson Highway has an awesome Facebook page, but join their group because people are always posting all this like historic buildings, architecture, uh, their road trip photos uh, going on the highway. It's just I mean, it, it, once you go in there, you're never going to stop. So I'm going to say until you do the whole thing yourself. <laughs> That's really what it's like. It's awesome to check that out. And, of course, keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. We want to thank Natchitoches, Louisiana, uh, the Convention and Visitor Bureau. We do a show every, thir- every second Tuesday uh, with Arlene. No, it's every third Tuesday. Sorry, I got to get it straight. Every third Tuesday with Arlene Gold over the Natchitoches uh, Convention and Visitor Bureau. Natchitoches is the oldest city in the state of Louisiana. It is awesome. It's one of our favorite places on the planet. And uh, we'll be there again next year, uh, of course. And uh, go to Natchitoches.com. And that's N-A-T-C-H-I-T-O-C-H-E-S.com. So like Natchitoches uh, is the website to check out. Because you do need to go there. They have a whole park dedicated to the Jefferson Highway. They've also been host to the conference a few years back. And um, you've got to go and you've got to have a meat pie when you go there because they are it's yummy, Christmas yummy. time in Natchitoches too. Yes, yeah. we just we just did a show on that. Thank you. Yes, Roger. Uh, they are celebrating. They're the oldest Christmas festival. 96 mm-hmm. years, over 300,000 lights on Cane River Lake. Uh, Mm -hmm. starting uh, actually this weekend. So yeah, it's happening now when you listen to this all the way through Epiphany. So January 6th, uh, every Saturday, they have a festival down on the riverfront with music and kids activities and vendors and all kinds of good stuff. And of course, shopping on historic Front Street. Uh, so you can go to uh, Christmas. that's christmasnacketish.com. I don't have it off the top of my head, but 
uh, go to Natchitoches.com. You can get everything. Celebrating 96 years, 300,000 lights along the river and downtown and 100 mm-hmm. set pieces and fireworks. Who doesn't like fireworks out on the over the river, right? So check mm-hmm. it out. Uh, and here it is. Here's a song from Blind Lemon Pledge, uh, James Byfield and Blind Lemon Pledge. Here is Sisters of the Coal Mine. You can go to blindlemon-pledge.com. He just told me he has a new album coming out, so we'll have him back on the show soon. Thank you so much. I love Maddie Haywood, Lord, with all my heart. We was married down in Green Ridge, that's where we got our start. We tried our hand at farming, ran a feed store for a time. But like most men around here, Maddie went down in the mines. They said the pay was better, and you could make a life. Maddie brought home every dollar back to me, his loving wife. Oh, sister, sister, I see you walking on the line. My sisters of the cold dust, my daughters of the mine The work was hot and dirty And it proved too much for some But Maddie kept the spirit While I kept our little home On Sunday we had chicken And the neighbors would drop by They'd sit out on the porch sipping dandelion wine. Now Maddie played the guitar, his brother blow the harp, and they'd sit there making music while twilight turned to dark. Oh, sister, sister, I see you walking on the line My sisters of the cold dust My daughters of the mine Now the union come to tell us Conditions wasn't right We need better pay safety or we need to go on strike Maddie caught the fire don't you know he led the way and I never loved him more than the way he was that day but evening brought the word cave in at number nine there was nothing left to bury when I lost that Maddie mine Now the sisters, we got angry 
The sisters we got sore And we sent a bitter message That we wouldn't stand for more We was tired of being hungry We was tired of the lying We was tired of our sons and husbands Dying in the mines We grabbed our signs and shovels And we raised a mighty shout My Maddie Watching down while we made the angels proud Oh, sister, sister I see you walking on the line My sisters of the cold dust My daughters of